As I begin here this evening, I would just like to um, welcome all of our guests amongst us. Uh, there are lots of faces here that I do not recognize, so I would well imagine these are family and friends of those to be baptized and uh, confirmed this evening, those who will be receiving their First Communion. So uh, a good welcome to all of you. We're glad to have you with us and uh, hope that you find our prayer together here this evening uh, to be uh, nourishing and uh, very wonderful. So we are about uh, important work this evening with these sacraments. And, um, of course, the central focus is on baptism this evening. So I've got a little story here that uh, I hope sort of sets the, the scene for tonight. There's this uh, priest, and he was uh, coming in from fishing with uh, a partner on this very sub-freezing, sub-zero freezing day. And he told one of his parishioners how the eyes of his fishing rod kept icing up. And further, when speeding down the lake in the boat, the water that splashed up on the deck, of course, froze, creating some very hazardous footing. And the parishioner asked him how many fish he and his partner had caught in those kinds of conditions. And the priest, having caught no fish, responded with a smile, and he said, you know, catching fish is not the point. Well, if catching fish is not the point, then why did you go out into those kinds of conditions? Well, the point, replied the priest, is simply to be on the water. You know, lots of people feel that way. I, how many of you perhaps have boats. You enjoy being out there on the lake or the river. How many of you uh, make certain that when vacation time comes around, it's uh, to the beach or to the lake someplace? Uh, the water is very calming. It is very peaceful. And time spent alone watching water can prove to be uh, very refreshing. I uh, Father used to have a, a boat. Uh, we had ski boats. I skied quite a bit when I was younger. I don't think it would work too well today with a knee that I have. And always when I was on the water, whether skiing or just in the boat, it was, it was still a very calming effect. I spent a lot of time uh, at the beach various uh, times in my life, and uh, uh, you know, I just loved to be there. It, uh, sort of settles a person and allows them to, uh, I believe, get in touch with the Lord in a very special way. But water can also be very destructive as well. And just think about those folks who have to endure hurricanes from time to time, or even here on the Little Miami River, every time uh, in the spring that it floods down there, the the chaos that that causes uh, with people having to move and, and clean things afterwards and certainly the, uh, the drownings and all that happened at those times. Um, and this destructive power of water is captured very well in our scriptures. Genesis, the readings that we began with this evening, describe how the earth was covered in water. And this water represented chaos. 
and chaos that God overcame by creating the dry land. And God, of course, destroyed the world with a great flood. And then he led the Hebrews through the water of the Red Sea, and they used the same waters to destroy the Egyptians. And because water represented chaos and death, it is understandable then how important it was that Jesus remained calm, sleeping, as a matter of fact, while a storm tossed his boat in another gospel. Jesus demonstrated that, like his father, he had the power over the chaos of the water. And to further demonstrate who he is, what's he do? He walks on water and invites Peter to come out and do the same. And St. Paul, he grasps the symbolic character of water as well. You know, we immediately think of water as a symbol of life. But St. Paul refers to baptism as the waters of death. He, he sees us entering into death by being submerged in the waters of death so that that he can also speak of coming out of the waters of death into a new life, the life that these who will be baptized tonight will join us in. You know, I think it's no mistake that water plays a very, very important role in this Easter celebration that we are about. Of course, in the first reading of the Easter Vigil, we heard how God gave life to a formless void and separated the waters of chaos by the dry land. And we heard, too, of the destruction of the world and the flood and of the, the Hebrews being led out of slavery through the waters of the Red Sea, which then defeated the enemy of God's people. And at the beginning of our Easter celebrations, we leave aside our usual penitential rites to call to mind the water that was blessed for baptisms at the Easter Vigil, as it will be this evening. And using this water, then, we once again profess our faith in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And we are once again then sprinkled, as all of you will be this evening, I hope you brought your umbrellas, with these waters of death so that we can be reminded that the water that introduces us to the death of Jesus also introduces us to the life that is the gift of his resurrection. So we are called to ponder this water. The same water that speaks of chaos and death also speaks of resurrection and life. Parents, of course, bring their children to this water. And we bless ourselves with this water every time we enter the church. We bless our homes. We, we bless marriages and rings for marriage with it. And eventually, on the day of our funeral, we will once again be called to mind the water as it is sprinkled on our casket as a reminder that we have shared in it and thus have a share in the life with Jesus Christ. But what does this water really mean to us? You know, not long ago, not too long ago, every Catholic home 
had a holy water font at the front door. And it was kept full of holy water. You know, parishioners would clamor for the water blessed at the Easter vigil. But does this water have anything close to the same depth of meaning for us today? You know, many couples bring their children to be, to be baptized, but they're strangers to the church. You know, they, they've never registered. And often, after baptism, the children are not seen again until their first communion. What is this water that draws them out at least this once? Why do non-Catholics believe when their homes are haunted to come to the Catholic Church for a little holy water? I've had this happen three times here. And I've gone to their homes and blessed them, and whatever was there went away. But then they never come to the Catholic Church. You know, they, but they know there is something special about what happens here. You know, what, what is this water? You know, the fisherman priest recognizes the power of water to calm and relax us. But fishing is not the point being on the water is. And so can we find that same comfort from the waters of baptism? Can we find the power of the resurrection in the water and be willing then to search it out regardless of the conditions? Are we willing to risk the waters of death for something very, very, wonderful, life eternal. Are we willing to do that? Tonight, as those who will come forth to be baptized go into those waters, allow them to remind you of what happened perhaps many, many years ago, and perhaps to be renewed in your faith life to be renewed and given the courage and the power once again to go out and be as we're all called to be, to be Jesus Christ in the world that, that so very, very much needs him.